episode 813. It's been a busy week for the Packers, releasing one player, adding another, and signing a couple draft picks. We break it all down with Cheesehead TV's Kevin Mooney. It's Kyle coming up on Railbird Central next. Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're talking about Packers OTAs. To do that, we're joined by a guest on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're joined by Kevin Mooney. Kevin, how are you doing this morning? I'm great, Brian. How are you? Very good. Glad to have you on the show. Kevin is one of our former writers at Cheesehead TV, walking away for the noblest of reasons to focus on his job teaching. Uh, Kevin, can you tell our readers and listeners about your background? Because I understand you work at one of Atlanta's football factories. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm from Atlanta. I got hooked on the Packers watching Brett Favre on TV as a kid and there weren't many diehard Falcon fans until recently to care if I cheered for a team from Wisconsin. So it stuck with me. And yeah, I teach uh, high school history and government my day. And like most of us, I pour over Packer news and developments when I'm not working. And I got into some writing about the Packers just as a hobby and hope to continue to do so in some capacity or another in the future. But uh, on the football factory thing, there are actually a couple Packers connections. The practice squad linebacker from a couple years ago James Vodders is from Tucker and uh two two colleagues at our school were former a lot of practice squad guys Tim Goodwell and Nathan McPeak were uh somewhere around the mid to late 2000s and uh anyway but the college ranks are populated with Tucker Tigers UGA Harvard Oregon and uh, a couple guys in the NFL too so it's a fun place for a football fan to teach very cool. Well, keep up the good work there. We're going to talk some Packers this morning here and a couple roster moves yesterday. Uh, first, let's kick things off here, Kevin. Were you surprised the Packers didn't give punter Jacob Schum a longer leash after leading the NFL in lowest percentage of punts returned last year? No, actually, I wasn't surprised. Uh, there were some positives. I, I think I read somewhere 30% of his punts were placed inside the 20-yard line. It's not bad considering he was picked up during the preseason to replace Tim Maste. Uh, but at the same time, he ranked 28th in net yards. And we'll see. Uh, he'll revert to the IR if not claimed on waivers. And, of course, the rule was changed recently where two players can be brought back off of IR. So who knows if Vogel isn't cutting it by that point, uh, Shum could be back. So the book might not necessarily be closed on Shum. And between now and going back to last preseason, the Packers are clearly willing to rotate punters. So, Nothing's out of the question. Uh, my question would be, hey, there's there were actually, fun fact, nine punters last year who were involved in scoring a touchdown in some fashion, so maybe the Packers are just out looking for that guy. To, to clarify, though, the, the Packers cannot bring him back. They released him. They would have to re-sign him in order to do that, which you're right. I mean, that isn't out of the question, but they would have to re-sign him. But, you know, to... to Further on here, you know, you know, what does this mean for Justin Vogel, the rookie the Packers added? And and Kevin, is this his now his job to lose? 
I would think so. Uh, it seems if uh, his, you know, the back injury was so bad that they waived him. Uh, I saw somewhere where uh, I guess Bob McGinn noted an NFC scout believed that Justin Vogel might have been the best uh, undrafted punter available. So um, they seem kind of similar in some ways, both directional punters from what I read, and neither one considered a you know booming kickers by any means, but you know, it doesn't seem like there's a lot left out there and it seems as, as least as good as what they had. So I would think it is his job for now. Yeah. It's kind of rare that we lead the the show with punting news and, and talking <laughs> about the punting game, but it was the That's roster crazy. move the Packers made yesterday. <laughs> uh, but uh, Kevin, you know, taking, uh, taking Jacob Schum's spot on the roster was a rookie wide receiver. The Packers signed Colby Pearson. I don't expect you to know much about a player the Packers just signed, but how tough uh, do you think Pearson will have it at a wide receiver position where the Packers already have 11 other players? Yeah, you know, they talk about bringing in a quarterback as a camp arm and kind of saw that and wondered if we need camp legs and hands too. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, the wide receivers of position, they're going to prioritize year in and year out, and there isn't a stone they'll, they'll leave unturned. So, of course, the odds are definitely against him. Don't have a lot of expectations, but who knows? If you're going to take a flyer on a guy, you know, he runs 4-3, so that's nice. Um, he, he, but he didn't even – I think he only started four games last year. So, you know, some pretty pedestrian stats and performance, but he's got some physical tools. Uh, like I said, he can, he can run like the wind, and uh, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, it's going to be tough for him to compete with the likes of Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams, but uh, when rosters are at 90, it's worth taking a flyer on guys like this. Um, moving to the defensive side of the football here, Kevin, the Green Bay Press-Gazette reported yesterday outside linebacker Kyler Fackrell gained 10 pounds in the offseason and is now up to 253 pounds how much do you think that'll help him at a position maybe some think uh, is, you know, maybe one of the weaker ones on the roster? I actually do think 10 pounds is substantial, assuming it's not quarter pounders and fries weight. It's, <laughs> it's pro- protein and working out weight. But, uh, you know, I've actually thought even last year, uh, just looking at factorial last year, it kind of seemed like he maybe needed to fill out a little more, which is strange because he's, of course, an older rookie, but, you know, it's a balancing act of bulking up and keeping your quickness because we definitely saw Fackrell flash some quickness last year off the edge, and uh, but at other times he was getting swallowed up. So I definitely think it's a good thing. You know, the Packers are looking for him to be consistent with what he flashed last year. That You know, I think of, you know, we're kind of touching, getting into the realm of J. Ron Elliott a little bit here too with the outside linebackers. But between Fackrell and them, you know, this is where your draft and develop philosophy kind of rubbers meet in the road and and they they need Fackrell to to step up but it's at least clear he's grinding and working and so that's can't be anything but good for the Packers uh yeah a lot of uncertainty at the outside linebacker position and speaking of Vince Beagle the fourth round draft pick of the Packers officially signed his contract earlier this week Kevin, did did you think at all this deal might be slightly tougher to get done after undergoing surgery shortly after being drafted? Yeah, I I definitely. Well, I think it's it shifted, uh, you know, some uh, I guess bargaining chips, if you will, on the side of the team. You know, as far as the money, the 2011 
CBA pretty much kind of presets the money a player will get, but the timing of a player's bonus can change. You know, do they get it up front? Do they get it after the season? Uh, you know, is there language in there that can include a reduced salary if he goes on the PUP or the IR? Uh, you know, it's another way teams can protect themselves against injury risk. And as excited as we are for Vince Beagle to be a Packer, there is considerable injury risk with him. I mean, he came out of OTAs with two injuries, one that needed surgery. So, uh, you know, teams want players chasing the money. And so the injury put the Packers in a position of strength. I haven't actually seen the full structure of the deal, so I don't know how it came out the other side. But, you know, at the same time, you know, we talked about that foot injury. Um, I th- uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he missed just two games last year with, with similar the same foot injury. So hopefully we're not looking at anything incredibly substantial. But there's some injury risk, which could make the negotiation a little tougher, I would think. Yeah, better to have the foot injury now than during the regular season. I guess you can look at it through that perspective. Uh, another guy signing uh, just yesterday, running back Jamal Williams, uh, officially signed his contract. What expectation, Kevin, do you have for Williams in 2017? My expectation is for Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery to be a nice one-two punch. Um, I I'd always try to control my rookie expectations somewhat, but I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit with this guy. Uh, you know, he's, he's sturdy. He can run between the tackles. They say he's a, a decisive runner and they talk about how he doesn't have quote breakaway speed. I think you, you know, his 40 was in the, the high four five somewhere in there, but you watch his college highlights. There are plenty of long runs. He had a long of 62 yards last year. He's, he's shifty and elusive. Um, you know, his, his stats catching the ball out of the backfield have been just okay. Uh, but he's basically been described as tough and durable and, I just really think that uh, he's going to help shoulder the load as far as questions about, you know, how many carries can Ty Montgomery handle. Um, We don't know the answer to that, but this guy seems like he can take some punishment and he's got some explosion. I'm real excited to see him as a Packer. So with Beagle and Williams signing their contracts, the only one left to sign is third rounder defensive lineman Montrevious Adams. So if we round things up here, Kevin, with this, how much playing time do you think Adams will see as a rookie? I think not much, especially early on, and actually hope not much. Uh, the Packers are often going with two defensive linemen in the nickel package. You know, it's what they're in most of the time, and Packers have a lot of players. You know, Daniels and uh, Clark and uh, Ricky G. And Francois, which I've never been 100% sure I was pronouncing that right, but I feel pretty good about it. And uh, Dean Lowry and, you know, Clark came on later last year, but didn't play as much earlier in the season as a rookie. So obviously if Adams has got some talent, incredible size and some explosion, but, you know, the likelihood that he comes in as some game-breaking phenom and, and they just can't keep him off the field, of course you'd love that, but uh, in, in reality, that's probably not likely. He's going to need a lot of work and time on his technique. And so I'm pretty happy because if he's off the field, it means the guys that we've already invested in and seen are healthy and doing well. And so I would like that. Yeah, I would too. And certainly hope for the best for Adams. And, and hopefully he becomes a bigger contributor as time goes on. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time to talk some Packers football this morning. I greatly appreciate it. It's always fun to talk Packers. Uh, best of luck there at, at uh, Tucker in Atlanta, and uh, we'd love to have you on again sometime. Thanks so much. I appreciate it, Brian. All right. Take care.
Kevin Mooney joining us here at Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. What the hell's going on out here? I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment, Jacob Schub was indeed waived with an injury designation on Thursday. Multiple outlets have reported he's been dealing with a back injury during the offseason program, preventing him from participating in OTAs. I personally was surprised the Packers didn't give Shum a longer leash, even if he had to miss the entire offseason program. I just assumed the punting competition would kind of last into training camp like it did last year with uh, when the Packers brought in, you know, last year's rookie Peter Mortel, the the Green Bay native uh, to compete for the job, you know, ended up being in vain. But, you know, they gave him a fair chance uh, that lasted the majority of training camp. That being said, I'm not surprised the Packers are seeing what they've got with Justin Vogel. Uh, Shum may have led the NFL with the lowest percentage of punts returned, uh, a statistic I know uh, pointed out by Pro Football Focus recently, uh, which means Shum had very good placement and accuracy with his punts, but if you watch the Packers doll, you know he didn't have a big booming leg. Um, I, I think the potential is there for Vogel to provide more hang time. And I've mentioned this before because he has he has such long levers. Uh, just just note the size difference. Jacob Schum was five foot ten compared to Justin Vogel measuring in at six foot four. You, you know, just look at the best punters in the NFL, both now and in history. These are tall guys with levers that can really swing that back leg. So he'll definitely be someone worth watching as the season progresses. Uh, But taking Shum's spot on the roster was wide receiver Colby Pearson of Brigham Young. He's coming off a senior season in which he set career highs in every category uh, that I'm about to tell you. 38 catches for 384 yards and four touchdowns. Now in his college career... He has 76 catches for 864 yards and eight touchdowns and has a career 11.4 average yards per catch. You know, I I personally thought if the Packers added any other player to their roster, they should add an outside linebacker for depth purposes. You know, it's going to be tough. Pardon me. It's going to be difficult here for Pearson to set himself apart at a position where the Packers already have 11 other wide receivers. And that's not counting Ty Montgomery, who could certainly shift out to a wide receiver position at any point. And and the, you know, tight ends who flex outside as well. Um But I did think it was notable that the Packers have now added a third rookie from BYU this year. All skill position players, too. So this follows running back Jamal Williams and quarterback Taysom Hill. Maybe that familiarity can help Pearson out as he joins the team. Uh, But that's something we'll have to see here as time goes on. Um, In other Packers news... 
Wide receiver Randall Cobb was reportedly absent from practice on Thursday for unspecified reasons, although a report from the Green Bay Press-Gazette indicated Cobb was at practice the day before. This is the time of year when practices are technically voluntary, although they are 99% attended uh, pretty much all the time. But, it you know, things pop up for players you know, the the birth of a child, the death of a family member, and, you know, other reasons in between, just general sickness that, you know, could be reasons that Randall Cobb may have missed. Uh, you know, I, I and I think they're probably even a little more flexible, you know, even if he's got to go, uh, you know, whatever, amend his will and talk to a professional in the community at this time of year, I don't, I'm making this stuff off the top of my head, I know. Uh, but at this time of year, they're a little more probably flexible with, with giving a veteran uh, one day off from practice um, that, um, you know, that wouldn't necessarily happen during the regular season. And for all we know, maybe Randall Cobb was there. He he just missed the the practice time, but maybe he was there beforehand or afterhand and was coming back from meetings, things like that. Don't really know, uh, but I wouldn't say this is anything you know probably to worry about. Especially you know like Clay Matthews missed practice the previous week. He was back uh, from all indications on uh, Thursday at practice during OTAs. So it happens, and it's going to continue to happen. From time to time in injury related news, just to keep people abreast of of those who are there and who aren't. And and thankfully, there I'm not going to give you a lot of big names here, which is which means everybody is relatively this is a relatively healthy Packers team here. The players that didn't practice include cornerbacks Dimitri Goodson and David Rivers, wide receiver Michael Clark and linebacker Vince Beagle. You know, as we previously mentioned, he's dealing with that coming off that foot surgery. So we'll see if these guys can return in the coming weeks before the offseason program is done. And then finally, there were there was apparently a fight at practice on Thursday in which punches were thrown. The players involved were offensive lineman Jason Spriggs, the second year player and rookie linebacker Jonathan Calvin, an undrafted rookie out of Mississippi State. Um, Of course, I was not there, um, so I did not get a chance to see exactly what happened. All I, you know, from the reports that I've read, punches were thrown. Um, So uh, it's, you probably wonder, scratch your head a little bit and be like, wow, uh, this isn't even training camp yet. They're not wearing pads. Things are getting a little bit heated. Uh, is this unprecedented? Certainly not. <laughs> this is football. Things like this happen from time to time, and usually they are forgotten rather quickly. Um, obviously, uh, time will tell if that's the case, but uh, I mean, in almost all cases, these things are you know just kind of forgotten rather quickly. They're swept under the rug. Uh, players learn what they're allowed to do and not allowed to do, and maybe this was a case of a rookie overstepping his boundaries. And again, I don't know. I'm making assumptions here for something I didn't see. Um, But um, I wouldn't expect this to kind of uh, 
be any sort of indicator of, you know, uh, the team not getting along or things like that. Um, I know profootballtalk.com kind of suggested that, oh, maybe there's too much contact happening at Packers practice. (laughs) I couldn't speak to that at all. Um, I I don't think that, I, I think teams know the boundaries of what's allowed and what's not. It's not as if players can't touch each other in terms of like putting your hands out to block or things like that. It's just that there's no tackling, no putting players to the ground, that kind of thing. So um, we'll see what comes of it, but I doubt anything, or I would be greatly surprised if there were. But moving on. The day ahead. The Packers on Friday hold their final day of organized team activities for the week, although it's another practice held behind closed doors, so you're not going to see much, if any, media coverage of what happens on Friday. That happened yesterday on Thursday, just one day a week open to the public, so don't go to practice and expect to see anything, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, but the good news is you don't have too much long to, longer to wait. I think the next practice open to the public is Tuesday of next week, um, and they actually begin practice on Monday with another closed-door session. However, there is an event taking place over the weekend that will get some media coverage, related to the Green Bay Packers, and that is the annual Jordy Nelson Charity Softball Game, a yearly event pitting the Packers' offense versus the Packers' defense. Nelson has been carrying the torch from Donald Driver and Brett Favre before that. Um, It's being held on Saturday at Fox City Stadium in Grand Chute, Wisconsin, at 12.05 p.m. Central Time, although there are several events like a, a home run derby leading up to the main event, so you'll want to get there a little bit ahead of time if you're interested in going. I saw tickets are still available. This is an event I know that has sold out in the past. Um, how quickly it'll do so, I have no clue, uh, but tickets are available as of now, and it all goes toward a good cause. Proceeds go to Benefit Young Life, a charity that Nelson has supported for years that assists students. Um, in fact, the host of the Jordy Nelson softball game is Josh Moser of Fox 11 in Green Bay, who I've already lined up as our guest for Monday's episode of Railbird Central to tell us about the event and what unfolds over the weekend. So that'll be really cool, uh, being able to tell us about Jordy Nelson and the event and Aaron Rodgers taking part and and who wins and who loses, and it's all in fun. We're not going to certainly uh, care too much about who the winner and loser is of this game. Uh, but it's good to see the guys getting out in the community, giving back, having fun, and doing, a, if nothing else, an athletic endeavor in which uh, they're outside and outdoors and and (laughs) doing some sort of athletic activity. Uh, I wouldn't put too much stock into it, but uh, better that than other things uh, that they could be doing and getting into trouble, I suppose. But there you go, folks. That's what's happening in the world of the Green Bay Packers, and thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Thank you to our guest, Kevin Mooney, 
for joining us this morning. And we'll be back again on Monday. Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's a live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. We'll see you later, folks. Have a good weekend. We'll be back again just two days from now. I leave you today with a song called In the Kitchen by Umphreys McGee on Psy Fidelity Records. See you later, everyone. Go Pack Go. It was cold in the kitchen and the lights were low as winter slowly stumbled home. Yeah, it felt different and it started the show.